We get it. You're busy. You don't have time to waste on the mainstream media. That's why Salem News Channel is here. We have hosts worth watching, actually discussing the topics that matter. Andrew Wilkow, Dinesh D'Souza, Brandon Tatum, and more. Open debate and free speech you won't find anywhere else. We're not like the other guys. We're Salem News Channel. Watch anytime on any screen for free 24-7 at snc.tv. And on Local Now, Channel 525. Welcome to another episode of Sideline Sanity with me, Michelle Tafoya, sponsored by Legacy Precious Metals. There has never been a better time to invest in precious metals. Just go to LegacyPMInvestments.com, LegacyPMInvestments.com, download their free investor's guide. I've tried and tried to book people on this podcast with contrary opinions to mine, people with whom we might have a disagreement on this show. and have them on to civilly debate what our differences are. And it's, I guess, I don't know if it's shocking or not shocking. So many people just don't want to come on. This kind of reminds me of politicians who don't want to debate of people who don't want to debate their ideas because they know they're not solid enough. I don't know, but I think I've portrayed myself and I've had some very credible, good friends in the broadcast industry tell me that I come across as a pretty reasonable person who can have a normal discussion with people whose ideas are different from mine. So recently got into a little Twitter conversation, let's call it, with someone, and I'm not going to name him. He's not a well-known human, but it's a guy. And he retweeted some of my tweets with some derogatory responses. So I invited him on the podcast. I said, would you like to come on? He lives in Hawaii. So we made a big adjustment for the time change, invited him on. He said, yes, he didn't show. He was supposed to be here with us right now as I'm recording this. And I DM'd him and I said, you coming on? Crickets. I said, do you need the link again? Crickets. And he finally said, oh, I'm sorry. I've had some stuff come up. I can't come on. I said, Okay. And he said, I emailed you to tell you that. No, no, you didn't. Well, I emailed your producer. No, no, you didn't. In fact, here's a screenshot of the only email we've received from you, which says you're coming on. So long story short, he's not here. I've invited him to reschedule if he'd like. Uh, I'm not going to hold my breath, but I am going to take you through some of the disagreements we've had and let you decide which side you fall on. That's coming up. For nearly three decades, she's reported the action from the sidelines. She started very young. She's covered the NBA, NFL, Olympics, and the college football and basketball national championships. And now, during these insane times in our world, Michelle Tafoya thinks we need a serious dose of sanity. This is Sideline Sanity with your host, one of the sanest people on planet Earth, Michelle Tafoya. Well, let's start with a kind of simplistic one. Recently, Disney, the Walt Disney Company, with which I grew up and adored everything Disney, uh, put out a new version of its cartoon, its animated series that's on Disney Plus called The Proud Family. And in it, talked about slavery and how reparations are owed and white fragility and 
Abraham Lincoln didn't free the slaves. I'm sure most of you heard about it. So my little gesture on social media was to take a Disney mug, coffee mug that I had in the house and videotape me throwing it away, saying Disney's totally lost me, threw away the cup. It was no major statement. It just was a visual way for me to say, I'm done with Disney. My family of four is done with Disney. Well, this gentleman retweeted that and said, SMH, which if you don't know, stands for shaking my head. There are more important things than Disney. This is, you know, kind of a made up culture war. All right, that's fine. There are a lot of important things going on in the world, but I think we're able to think about more than one at a time. So he may not think this Disney stuff is a big deal, but I do. And he can shake his head all he wants. The next one, <clears throat> actor comedian Rob Schneider sent out a tweet saying, the same government that says it doesn't want to poke a hole in the experimental Chinese spy balloon because it might injure people is the same government that had no problems poking holes in people's arms with an experimental gene therapy for a Chinese virus. And this same unnamed gentleman on Twitter retweeted it saying, what the hell kind of logic is that? Rob Snyder is a comedian. And look, I want to make sure I say this. This guy is entitled to tweet whatever the hell he wants. And thank goodness now in this Twitter 2.0 world we're living in, he's allowed to without hopefully getting shadow banned or anything else. Although I think certain algorithms are still in place, but that's neither here nor there. It, it just, what the hell kind of logic is that? I think Rob Schneider's making a really funny, Rob Schneider's making a really funny statement here. Oh, we can't blow up a balloon over, you know, Montana because it might hurt people, but we will put shots in your arms that we really don't know what the long-term effects are of. And by the way, it didn't keep you from getting the virus. That's all. Fun little statement by Rob Schneider, but this guy couldn't handle it. The next one has to do with Minnesota and Minneapolis. And I get the sense that even though this guy lives in Hawaii, he has a connection to Minnesota because he calls himself a diehard Vikings fan. And he seems to be kind of obsessed with the things I write that are Minnesota centric. So a tweet was put out that said that 700 cars were stolen last year in Minnesota. And I retweeted it saying, this is Minneapolis under Mayor Jacob Fry and Governor Tim Walz. And he retweeted that saying, what is your solution? Serious question. All right, here's my serious answer. How about holding people accountable? How about that? Stealing stuff is against the law. But I'll tell you from personal experience. My son was one of those 700 who had his car stolen, or his car was one of the 700 stealings. Let's put it that way. You've heard this story. He had an Apple AirTag in the car. So this dude who stole his car is driving it around, but my son is able to track it on his iPhone, calls the police, and they chase it down and track it down within a couple of hours, find this guy in a parking lot, call my son and say, we have your car. My son and my husband go over, collect the car. There's a bunch of trash that was thrown in the car. And they say, well, what's going to happen to this guy? Because they found the guy. And they, I think, put him in a squad car and took him <clears throat> downtown. And the police officer told my son, 
well, he'll be out in a matter of hours because we really don't put a high value on stolen cars now in Minnesota and Minneapolis in particular. So you can steal a car or catalytic, catalytic converter or other stuff, presumably, and never feel the repercussions here in Minnesota. And Minnesota is not unique. I think this kind of stuff is going on in a lot of places. California, my old home state where my family still lives, is probably one of them. So what would I do? What is my solution? Well, it's how about accountability? How about when you make a mistake, you can say you're sorry all you want, but there are consequences. So this guy that stole my son's car was a career criminal, but he's back out. Who knows? Maybe we'll run into him again sometime. But we hold so few people accountable these days because there is this drumbeat that we are over-incarcerating Americans. That's the drumbeat. And so, eh, this is a minor offense. You stole someone's car. So what? Minor offense. All right. Take someone's, take someone's major investment in a car, drive it to wherever, steal it, never see it again, or luckily see it again, but you're not held accountable. So what is my solution? Hold people accountable. Hold freaking people accountable. We've gotten just too lenient and we're seeing so much recidivism. So that would be one of my solutions. John Berg, you live in Minnesota here. What do you think? <clears throat> I've heard people say that. Well, what's your solution? That pretends as though we don't know how to address crime like this. Right. That it, it, it's it's almost like gaslighting and acting as though 2020 didn't happen. Yeah. When when you say, well, what's your well, my solution would be to not gut the police and law enforcement nationally over the course of years, completely undermine their authority, take the side of every scumbag stealing a car or stealing razor blades at the local grocery store. Like you said, there should be consequences. We already know how to do this. Uh, look at the 90s. Look at the crime rate at the end yeah. of the 80s in New York City going into the early 90s. You can look at Minneapolis as well in the 90s and look at what it was. And look at where it ended up at the end of the 90s. It's not a mystery how that happened. We know that there was police officers. There was Mayor, uh, Rudy Giuliani can tell you all about stop and frisk and the effects of that policy. Uh, that policy has been studied and studied and studied again. Rafael Mangual, a past uh, guest of ours, discussed it in one of our past episodes, which you should definitely go back and look at listeners yes, and viewers. Go back and listen to the Rafael Mangual and- episode. It's quite enlightening. Smash that subscribe button. He also had a great article recently for City Journal as well. We know how to do this, and it's not very complicated. When when someone says, oh, what's your solution? <laughs> Enforce the laws. Are you two years old? I, 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 that's what I want to ask somebody. Yeah. Are you two years old? Yeah. I worked in security, and I can tell you, <clears throat> shoplifters and people who steal cars, word spreads immediately like wildfire through a community if they think they have lack security and they think they have a chance to take advantage of people who are not going to defend themselves or businesses that are not going to uh, you know chase after their own products essentially that's projecting weakness to people they are they see weak it's, it's, it's like the, the frog and the scorpion they can't help themselves yeah they, we, we would have new stores open up in the metro area here and you would see a rash immediately for uh, uh, new retail outlets that is a target for people, for boosters who steal who steal stuff professionally and sell it on uh, sell it online. 
cars, it's the same thing. And let's let's not forget here. We know that these cars being stolen are being stolen by young kids. Most of them are in their late teens. Yeah. The idea that you can't stop kids from stealing cars. Maybe you should just bow out of law enforcement and having an opinion <laughs> on this altogether. If you can't yeah. imagine a way to stop a kid who is barely out of puberty from stealing a car. Okay, there you have it. My two cents. Thank thank you for that two cents. It's in the jar. Uh, Those are just some of our solutions to our Twitter friend, whom, again, I'm not naming because he didn't want to come on, apparently, and defend his his stuff. Uh, So I'm I'm just going to go on without him. All right. We've got two more topics to get to right after this. My goodness, the stock market is a puzzle right now. I mean, it's having reactions that even experts don't really understand and can't predict. And we've got inflation that's still high, no matter what the White House tells you. Gas prices are still high and they're expected to go up. But the good news is you've got options for your money because gold prices are rising as investors turn to gold for protection. Gold provides a hedge against inflation, protects against a weakening dollar, And when it comes to investing in gold and silver, there is only one company I trust. It is Legacy Precious Metals. You've got to have an investment that's going to protect your wealth and your retirement. Give Legacy Precious Metals a call today. And you want to be proactive while there's still time. If you think back to 2008, I can tell you that those who invested in gold saw nice gains, significant gains, and those others lost their retirements. Legacy Precious Metals can advise you on all of your options. Speak to an IRA expert at Legacy Precious Metals, 866-528-1903, 866-528-1903, or download their free investor's guide at LegacyPMInvestments.com. So most of you know that Ilhan Omar was one of three Democrats ousted from the Foreign Affairs Committee in Congress. The other two were Adam Schiff of California and Eric Swalwell of California. Adam Schiff, well, he lies a lot. And he said he had proof that there was Russian collusion in 2020 and he never produced it. Or was it 2016? 2016. And he never produced it. So he's uh, pretty much (laughs) the most, one of the most, one of the most untrustworthy people on Capitol Hill. Eric Swalwell slept with a Chinese spy. So, yeah. He's sort of compromised and should not be on the Foreign Affairs Committee. The third person ousted was Ilhan Omar. And Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez threw a fit about that on the floor of Congress. Now, keep in mind that Democrats did this prior, that they started ditching, you know, so each party gets to assign representatives to serve on various committees. There are so many committees. And the Democrats decided to say, you know what? We don't like some of your Republican representatives. We're giving them the boot. And the Republicans said, you better be careful because now you set precedent and we can do the same thing. Well, apparently they didn't care. So now Republicans back in power in Congress and the House of Representatives, and they made these three eliminations, we'll call them. Well, so AOC basically said this was sexist and racist and nothing more against Ilhan Omar. You know, sometimes I wonder if we're such a sexist and racist society, how Condoleezza Rice ever became Secretary of State. I don't know. Maybe it's because Republicans were in charge. I don't know. But we're supposed to be the sexist, racist ones. So, and I say we, I'm more of an independent, but you get the idea. So I tweeted out about AOC, if women attribute 
everything, every decision to sexism and racism, they're revealing their own biases. To which our Twitter friend from Hawaii responded, it was obviously sexist and racist, this decision. You can see the tweet there for yourself, what he said. Really, it was obviously sexist and racist. Does he know anything about Ilhan Omar and her anti-Semitic rants from the past? He can't. Or, or he's willing to just forget about them. Again, it's this kind of gaslighting that's happened. So if you recall, there were 12, 12 Democrat congresspeople who signed on, spoke out against Ilhan Omar for comments she made that critics say appeared to liken wartime actions by the U.S. and Israel to terrorist activities of Hamas and the Taliban. In this tweet, this is back in 2021, uh, about the status of the International Criminal Court's probes of the U.S. and Israel, Omar wrote, we have seen unthinkable atrocities committed by the U.S., Hamas, Israel, Afghanistan, and the Taliban, and argued that the U.S. and Israeli justice systems were either unwilling or unable to address these issues. The tweet included a video of Ilhan Omar questioning Secretary of State Tony Blinken earlier in the day. We must have the same level of accountability and justice for all victims of crimes against humanities. So humanity. So she likened the U.S. and Israel to Hamas and the Taliban. This is a United States Congresswoman, and this wasn't her first foray into comments like this. So that sort of makes her not really representative of a person who should serve in foreign relations. <laughs> if she consider, considers our biggest ally in the Middle East to be akin to a terrorist state. So she's made her positions clear. Nancy Pelosi gave her a little slap on the hand. She was supposed to be censured. It really never happened. It was more like a, she's sorry, and we're going to forgive her now. And we're going to say that, you know, some declaration was made and it was very watered down. But again, so comparing the U.S. and Israel to terrorist groups, um, accusing Israel of terrorism and war crimes, claiming Israel hypnotized the world <laughs> and that APAC controls U.S. foreign policy. Uh, she said these things not only in tweets, but on shows like The Daily Show. It's um, APAC, by the way, the American Israel Public Affairs Committee. She made the claim that they are paying American politicians to support Israel. So that the only reason American politicians support Israel is because they're getting paid by this group. This goes on and on, and I'll continue with this list of what she's said and done and the weak response and apologies she, she has offered up. And you tell me that her being let go from the Foreign Policy, Foreign Affairs Committee in Congress has only to do with sexism and racism. You know, your liver is a really loving part of your body. It serves hundreds of functions for you. 
but what have you done for your liver lately? You know, it, it, the latest data from the American Heart Association indicates that adults with fatty liver were three and a half times more likely to have heart failure than those without. And the American Liver Foundation says that 100 million Americans have fatty liver. Translation, a lot of people are at risk. So are you one of them? You know, we throw so much at our livers, alcohol, Tylenol, cholesterol, statins, cigarettes. And that's why so many of us have a sluggish fatty liver that makes us gain weight and lose energy. So liver health formula is what I'm going to recommend to you. An all-natural supplement which contains 12 clinically proven botanicals that help recharge and protect your liver. Manufactured here in the USA, approved by American doctors. If you're looking to ignite your fat-burning metabolism, boost your energy, and transform how you look and feel, try Liver Health Formula and receive five free gifts when you order today. You'll get a free bottle of nano-powered omega-3 to keep your heart healthy. You'll also get four free eBooks to support every aspect of your health. Try Liver Health Formula by going to getliverhelp.com slash sideline. Again, that's getliverhelp.com slash sideline. Claim your five free bonus gifts. Getliverhelp.com slash sideline. In another famous piece of verbiage by Ilhan Omar, some people did something. You remember this one? This was one of her more outlandish controversies. She was speaking at a Council on American Islamic Relations fundraiser. This is 2019. And she spoke about the September 11th attacks and CARES founding. Quote, here's the truth. Far too long we have lived with the discomfort of being a second-class citizen. And frankly, I'm tired of it. And every single Muslim in this country should be tired of it. CARE again, the Council on American-Islamic Relations, was founded after 9-11 because they recognized that some people did something and that all of us were starting to lose access to our civil liberties. She continued, referencing the attacks where Islamic terrorists hijacked four planes that were used in the worst terrorist attack on U.S. soil. She was strongly rebuked for that. Um. I mean, family victims, families of the victims, I should say, were like, I'm sorry, some people did something. I mean, it's just this sort of overlooking of fact in that, that instance and having this root sense that there's this that that is Israel is terrible, the United States is terrible, and she's just a victim. There have been more anti-Semitic tropes. I want to talk about the political influence of this country that says it's okay for people to push for allegiance to a foreign country. I want to ask, why is it okay for me to talk about the influence of the National Rifle Association of Fossil Fuel Industries or Big Pharma and not talk about a powerful lobbying movement that is influencing policy? She added that she only believed the reason she was being criticized as anti-Semitic for being Muslim and that she's well-founded in her criticism of Israel. It is as if every time we say something that is supposed to be about foreign policy or engagement or the efficacy of ending oppression 
or the freeing of every human life and wanting dignity, we get labeled something that ends the discussion because we end up defending that and no one gets to have the broader debate about what is happening in Palestine. Uh, you know what? That, that is, that's a, that's rich because anytime you try to argue something, you very often are met with homophobe, white supremacist, racist, xenophobe, transphobe, end of story. You get called a name, discussion over, no debate. John, I see you popping up here. <clears throat> the eff- the efficacy of ending oppression, is that what she said? And I'm not even sure what, what that means exactly. The <clears throat> efficacy of ending oppression or the freeing of every human life and wanting dignity. The freeing of every human life. It's interesting that Israel on. is the brunt of that. It takes the brunt of her criticism for that. It's very rich considering how progressive they are over there compared to, say, any of their neighbors, essentially. Right. Uh, it, it, the notion that it's an apartheid state is ridiculous. There are Muslims in the Knesset. The Knesset is their government. The Muslims were actually one of the deciding factors in their last election when Bibi Netanyahu was ushered out of office briefly. If you remember that about a year ago. Yes. Remember that election? The, the opponents to Bibi were able to oust him because they joined forces with the actual Muslim bloc of the Knesset. That's an odd situation where you have an apartheid state, yet there are Muslims <laughs> within the Knesset who actually were instrumental and power players in getting Be- Benjamin Netanyahu out of office, albeit temporarily. These kind yep. of criticisms, they, and when you call it Palestine, I mean, you're letting everybody know what you think. I mean, yes. the, the next step is let's run them right into the ocean and, 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 and make it, a, uh, you know, no Jews, in, no Jews in Palestine, make it a Palestinian state. And right. that's what, you really don't have too many options here. You either believe in the existence of the state of Israel and you believe it has merit and it's valid, or you don't. There's there's not much equivocation on that, and it's pretty easy to tell where she stands. It's and the very idea- easy to tell where she stands, and she can, she's also said, I didn't understand that these were tropes when she said all about the Benjamins and things like that. Here's another quote. Oh. I'm told every day that I'm anti-American if I'm not pro-Israel. I find that to be problematic, and I'm not alone. I just happen to be willing to speak up on it and open myself to attacks. So there we go. She doesn't know what the tropes are, John. If she doesn't know what the anti-Semitic tropes are, doesn't that disqualify her for a position on the Council of or on the uh, Foreign Affairs Committee? You would think that, yeah, if you just accidentally quote from the protocols of the elders of Zion, you just accidentally do that. Yeah, you would you want to get that person off the Foreign Affairs Committee. Uh, McCarthy's even made the case. I did, he, he says I didn't take her off her other committee duties. She right. is still representing her constituents on other committees. But because of the sensitive nature of the Foreign Affairs Committee and the importance in projecting a, a, a unified message, a message that that doesn't provoke one of our best allies, that's a valid reason for kicking her butt off that committee. And I don't believe for a second she doesn't understand these tropes. I think she knows these tropes better than your average American knows these tropes. That's why she's singing an anti-Semitic song pitch perfect. She's literally quoting practically, saying that they're hypnotized. I mean, you can go back a hundred years yeah. to to anti-Semitic artwork and and propaganda from from Germany and places like that. I mean, that was part of it. The Jews hypnotizing 
the uh, the the unexpecting goy and you know robbing them of all their money and stabbing them in the back with their huge nose. I mean, that's the kind of crap. That's where she's getting this stuff. That's where yeah. it comes from. Yeah. To to yep. say that she doesn't know this or understand that's a lie. I know so, for a fact. I am in the Twin Cities area here. We have a Christian station. I'm part of Salem Media, as you know. One of our outlets here, one of our affiliates, is is our Christian Teach and Talk. We've had many guests from the Jewish community who have come on and assured us that years ago they talked to her about this because she this is not the first time that she's had a anti-Semitic comment problem here in Minnesota. Yeah. She was pulled aside by Democrat Jewish people in this community and spoken to very delicately but very earnestly and and told you when you say these things you you are you are you are bringing back tropes that are offensive they went over all of that that was before yeah. Nancy Pelosi ever had to ever had to say a word that is not true and it, and, and honestly it, it asks you, it's like asking, well, just assume I'm an idiot is kind of what it's saying. I, I, yeah. Don't listen to me. Don't take anything I yeah, say don't seriously. Take me over. So I which didn't know is what it? I was saying. Which well, is it, it? Yeah, which is it? And either way, it's disqualifying. Either way, it's disqualifying. Okay. So why we have to just boil everything down to, oh, it's racist and sexist and there's no other reason she was eliminated from that. We've just come up with plenty. And if it's all about race and sex then Swalwell and Adam Schiff should probably still be on the committee, but they're not either because they have disqualified themselves. This is the foreign affairs committee. This is not, you know, your average committee. This is a powerful, important, very sensitive committee. And she did herself in. And by the way, here in Minneapolis in the area she represents, she's had another Muslim try to run against her. Uh, She's very well-funded, very well-funded. Okay, one more break, and I want to just send a message to the gentleman who didn't show today and to anyone who disagrees with me, whom I'd love to invite on this show. Back in one second. I'm going to just check to see if I've gotten any more direct messages from him because one thing I said was, Oh yeah, he's uh, he's saying that on February 14th at 2 p.m. he he emailed you, John. Uh, for, sent it, you know, unfortunately, I have a last minute conflict. Bada bada bada. So you can see if you found that. Uh, although it says to me from me, so I think he, he emailed it to himself and not to you. I'll have to check the uh, quarantine in the spam. Go ahead folder. and check that. Um, uh, we'll, go we'll ahead update. and check. <laughs> but uh, so anyway, he has not re- responded when I've said, "Would you like to reschedule?" There's been no response. There was another guy on Twitter whom I offered because he said I had left my prestigious job simply to throw away Mickey Mouse cups, to which I said, you've labeled the job prestigious. And in many ways, it was a prestigious job. But I find being a mom a really prestigious job. And I find hosting this podcast to be a prestigious job. And how do you define prestigious? So basically, he said what a lot of people have said to me. You left Sunday Night Football to do this. Yeah, you hell right I did. Because I wanted to speak my mind and hopefully, maybe, try to influence one or two people to think a little differently or to come on and have civil dialogue with me. He turned down, that other guy turned down my request to come on the podcast. Well, he said he'd think about it, but I haven't heard back from him. And now our Hawaiian friend um, is not looking to reschedule, it appears. But... We can hold out hope. In the meantime, thanks for listening to Sideline Sanity. Uh, Folks, I can't say it enough. 
be brave. And all that means to me is stand on your own two feet and don't apologize for what you value or believe. Don't apologize for it, no matter which side of the aisle you're on, but make sure you really believe it. But if anyone tries to get you to apologize, you don't need to apologize. That won't be the last time that you do it. Trust me. So be brave and do good in any little way that you can. Thanks for listening. <laughs>